0: Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm today to get started. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Ministry-Minded Podcast, a show that seeks to marvel at the mercy of God that meets us in our messy ministries. I'm, of course, your host, Pastor Brad Gray. I serve as the senior pastor of Stonington Baptist Church right here in the heart of central Pennsylvania in a little uh, village called Paxinos, and I am so happy to be uh, coming to you again on another episode of Pastor Brad's Corner. Uh, a little corner of this podcast, a little slice of this show, so to speak, uh, where I like to just kind of think out loud about a few things, uh, review some things that I've been studying to sort of explain perhaps some things that I've been thinking about, chewing on, uh, just really just, uh, things that have been mulling over a lot in my, in my own head, in my own brain. So, uh, I'd love to be able to do this. I love to think out loud and to hopefully come to some sort of, uh, conclusion about things that I'm, Thinking through, but it's it's good to have this space uh, where we can just kind of think, think through topics, themes, uh, things that are being said and read, and uh, a more uh, just kind of free space. And uh, I think we, I think a lot of people need that. Uh, but I'm thankful that I can kind of uh, do this with you, um, and we can just kind of see where uh, God leads us and how God uh, helps us along the way. Uh, as I'm recording this, um, there's a lot of thoughts that are going through my head, and uh, um, obviously the world of the church, uh, Church Universal, maybe I should say the world of, Christ- of Christendom has been incredibly rocked recently with the uh, the news and the reports uh, coming out regarding the ministry of the late Ravi Zacharias. Um and I didn't really want to begin this show with sort of making a quote statement or anything like that. That wasn't really what I'm intending to do, uh, to, because to be honest with you, I don't really have much to say. Um, but I did feel like I should say something <laughs> as a ministry leader, as a ministry, as a person who's just in ministry in a, in a very real way. Um, I would be remiss, I think, if I didn't at least say something. Uh, I think my issue is, is I've never really benefited from Ravi's ministry. I, I knew of Ravi Zacharias, and I have dabbled in only a very very minimal amount of things that he ever uh did publish or was involved with or anything like that so i can't really say that i was a huge benefactor of anything that he did um I, he wasn't a person that i regularly went to for for insights or anything like that and it's just i, I I can't really say why per se. Um but I just was never a person that was or I was never just a student of his per se. I never really um never really benefited from his ministry in that particular way. Um but I am truly devastated to hear of all the news and and, and to hear of all the stories that are coming out regarding uh how he conducted himself um and how he conducted his ministry uh, in ways that are clearly um, totally opposite and uh, i would say even antagonistic towards uh the truth of the scriptures Toward, uh, it's it's hard to it is it's hard now to sort of keep these things in tension um because how do you keep in tension the truth that he everywhere proclaimed with the the untruth that he lived, uh, perhaps, for the majority of his life? Um, this is really hard. Uh, I I know a lot of people that are coming out and trying to excoriate Ravi. Uh, they're trying to come out and, uh, if I can say this, demonize him in a lot of ways, Um They're trying to basically throw out the baby with the bathwater, as that saying goes. By the way, can we just ask... Where did that saying come from? If you know where throw out the baby with the bathwater came from, let me know because I don't really know what that means. I just know that it means you just throw everything out. Um, It's a weird saying. But I feel like that's what we're doing with Ravi. Uh, And I think that's what we do. That's our tendency. That's our first instinct. Whenever a ministry leader falls and falls in a way that's very egregious and very – very noticeable, and very reprehensible. Can I just say that? It's it's the things that he is not only being accused of, but uh, being having found uh, in a, to a very real degree to have done, um, they are truly reprehensible. Uh, truly someone who had a, a large slice of his heart that was given over to evil and to conceit, um, and to deceit, if I can say that. Um, but It's always interesting to me when, um, a ministry leader falls. We are quick. We are so quick to invalidate everything that they ever did or said, as if to say that what they did or said wasn't true. Um, and I think there's a, there's a danger in that. Um, it's, and I'm not, again, (laughs) please, please don't gather out of this that I'm trying to defend or, Uh, be an apologist for the great apologist Ravi Zacharias. That's not at all what I'm trying to say. Um, But I would have to say that sometimes truth is truth, uh, and we can learn from those even who even though perhaps their lives didn 't match up to what their platforms were saying uh, i don 't think that invalidates the truth um, it would You would probably be i i don 't know all of ravi 's theology, so i can 't say that I agree with everything that he ever said or did. I only know very little about him and what he proclaimed. but what I can tell you is that just because a ministry leader falls doesn't mean that their entire ministry prior to that fall is invalid. Um perhaps it means that going forward, uh, their ministry life should change and their ministry involvement and what that looks like should be drastically different, uh, pending on, you know, seasons of repentance and seasons of remorse and learning and restitution and all that type of stuff. In this case, uh, Ravi wasn't able to go through that and maybe, and, and I don't know if, um, I don't really know what the reason for that is, if, if he didn't have any church oversight uh, to perhaps, you know, bring him under church discipline. I, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. All I can tell you is, is that um, especially <laughs> that if you were redeemed, let's say, or if you came to Jesus under Ravi's ministry, does that invalidate your your? confession. I would definitely say no. Um, I would definitely say uh, that no, it doesn't. Jesus's assurance, uh, is there for you, whether, regardless of who the speaker is. Um, and if you are brought to a saving knowledge, uh, uh, to a saving knowledge of faith through the preaching of Jesus as your sacrifice, your atoning sacrifice for your sins. Um, that it doesn't really matter who the speaker is. I would say in that moment, um, to, to think out loud, it's 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 hard to put into words because I think it's only it's also because there's there's a sense in which Ravi's ministry had divulged into some, he was using it to sort of, I hate to use this word, to prey on people. Um, And and I don't know all the nature of stuff. I don't know all the nature of things that he involved himself in. Um, To me, it just makes me sad. Uh, It makes me sad that uh, I think what's going to be sadder to me, at least, is the aftermath of all of this. The repercussions that are going to be felt from this upheaval of a ministry, and not just a ministry, a ministry figure, uh, a revered man that many uh, were very much benefited, uh, uh, found a lot of benefit and blessing from. Um, it could shake a lot of people's faith. It could shake a lot of people's faith, not just in religion or evangelicalism, but in the truth, the truth of Jesus, the truth of what the scriptures hold. Um, and that's what I don't want to see. If if you are a person who was greatly benefited by Ravi's ministry are now feeling uh, doubts about you know, what you believe, please reach out to myself or reach out to one that you trust, a, a person that's around you that you really trust, your pastor, a mentor, uh, a, a father figure, a mother figure, a person that's in your life that you really trust. And think out loud about this type of stuff, because I think you need that sort of coping, um that sort of coping mechanism, so to speak, when you are uh, sort of indoctrinated by a figure, and then you learn something really reprehensible about that figure. That's natural. Um, but I would say that your faith is not invalid, and uh, in what you believe is not sort of false, it's not disqualified. Um, trust in the truth of Jesus, regardless of who the speaker is, uh, the truth of grace stands firm, regardless of what the particular character of the speaker says uh, and that's not to excuse that's not an excuse for anything that he's done it's just to say that the truth stands firm, regardless um, so let me just say that um, if you have been benefited by him, please reach out to someone. Uh, again, I offer myself, I don't think I will have, you know, amazing insight to share. I just would say, I can give you a voice or I can give you an ear uh, to listen to things that you might want to think through, that you might want to sort of try and work through in your own mind. Uh, I also think of the family. Uh, I, I Whenever a ministry leader falls, I my first thought is not for uh, his you know, platform. It's for his church too. In this case, it wasn't a, a church situation. It was a ministry situation. Uh, so, I think about that and all the team members that had sort of uh, pledged allegiance, if I can say that that way, to him and his ministry. So, there's a lot of people that are, you know, having to lick some wounds there. But I think of the family, um, his, his wife, children, um, I assume he had grandchildren, um, it's just, it's going to be hard, it's going to be hard several (laughs) years, maybe many years for them, uh, trying to make sense of, of this news, of these reports, of the life that they, of the man that they knew versus the man that they're now learning about, um that is something that I, I i don't have a lot i don't have a lot of i don't have a lot of wisdom on how to deal with i just know it's going to be really difficult i i'll just say this lean on jesus and uh, i'm i'm praying for the Zacharias family uh as they as they deal with this in the wake of this really devastating news lean on jesus jesus hasn't changed jesus won't change and jesus won't fail you uh and and that's that's the message that I want to hear a lot too is that <sighs> sinner's sin and this sin is really one that is causing a lot of after effects um I'm just thankful that Jesus is the savior of sinners uh that Jesus is the one who comes out and seeks and saves the lost, those who are sick with sin this is what he does. He brings sinners out of their sin to live and walk in his light, Um, and sometimes that process isn't always clean. It isn't always the cleanest break, so to speak. Uh, I would say not every Christian has a clean break from sin. Um, There's something, there's some, there's some uh, residue of rebellion still on your heart and soul. That's why we have that wonderful uh, truth that is, that is uh, eloquently, eloquently sort of articulated by Martin Luther that we are simul justus et peccator, simultaneously justified and a sinner. At the same time, we have been declared righteous by God, but we have an incessant sin nature still within us, uh, and that's, that's the battle. The battle is to wage war against that, and we wage war against that not by a checklist of disciplines, but by a constant and consistent rest in who Christ is the Savior of sinners, the one who transforms wretches into saints, the one who makes corpses into living bodies to have the breath of life in them, to serve him, to love him, to uh, serve and love their neighbor. Um, uh, It's hard to make sense of all this, I know. Um, I'm even still trying to work through it. Just from the standpoint of what do you do with these particular people. Like, it's nothing new when a ministry leader falls. Uh, Perhaps it's cynical of me to say it this way, but I'm not necessarily surprised by it. Um, (laughs) Maybe that's just because it's happened so much recently. Um, And maybe that is cynical, I don't know. Uh, But I would just say, (laughs) this is a good segue into what I wanted to talk about a little bit, which is what I preached on this past week. Uh, this type of sin, you could rightly say, is a sin that is engraved on hearts uh, with a diamond point. Uh, I was actually preaching on this from Jeremiah chapter 17. Jeremiah 17 verse 1, the sin of Judah is written with a pen of iron and with a point of a diamond." It is graven upon the table of their heart and upon the horns of their of of your altars, so here of course, in this passage, Jeremiah is going to get into some really difficult topics uh, regarding the state of affairs in Judah and just how. Uh, egregious! They have the, the egregious state of affairs that they put themselves in, and he begins by very clearly saying uh, what's what's going on. They have a sin that has been engraved, just inscribed on them uh, with a diamond point, which is to say, it's a permanent sin. It's something that they can't get rid of. It's something that they can't do anything about, and that's that 's not something we like to hear we don 't like to hear that there's some there 's nothing we can do about our failures about our 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 sins our our iniquities that's that 's almost an un american thing to say don 't you think um uh, we are the people who do stuff about stuff <laughs> we take matters into our own hands and if we have a problem we go out and fix it by gosh we are the people who are 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 fighting for life and liberty and the pursuit of happiness we are the the people who take matters into our own hands and make sure that everyone knows that we are american and we can make our own way so hearing this hearing jeremiah's message in Jeremiah 17 is actually super uh, just uncanny and opposite to anything that we would naturally want to hear, only because he everywhere says, You can't do anything about this. Verse 5 cursed be the man that trusteth in man you can't trust anyone else to save you from this you can't trust in any other person any other man of flesh he says here to get you out of this predicament you can't even trust yourself verse 9 the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it you can't even you can't even know the depths of iniquity that reside in your own heart <laughs> and this brings me back I I preached on this on Sunday with these sort of thoughts running through my head about Ravi's situation. Um, And uh, I preached on Sunday and I said this before you all, if you're a church member, you would remember, but if you're not, I said this before my congregation, just be careful how often you would say, I would never do that. It's so easy to say, oh, that would never be me. I could never do that. I would never make that decision. I would never, ever let myself get in that predicament, in that problem. (laughs) Because under the right second circumstances, you would probably do that. Because your heart is desperately wicked. Wicked. It is deceitful above all things. It is insidious. Your heart is fraudulent to the core, always skewing things that you do, things that you say, and who you are in a very self-righteous, optimistic sort of way. That's the nature of our hearts. They're skewed sword a conceited sense of who we are to say that we are able to withstand all this, that we are, are, are... we are not reprehensible we are maybe we're a little bit bad but we can fix those bad things we can we can fix those those the, the those problems those things that we've done I don't think there's anything more foolish than believing that we aren't as depraved as the next person, <laughs> that we aren't as depraved as the person in the headlines. You see those people that make the news, this guy did this, and we're just like, oh, can you believe that? I would never do that. <laughs> and It reminds me of what um, my friends at Mockingbird put this out um, a long time ago, but I love this little saying here regarding... Uh, just this desperate, depraved sort of nature that resides in the human heart, which is this one. Um, uh, this one uh, rector says we are all bad. Three bad days in a row away from becoming a tabloid headline, and most of us are all already on day two. <laughs> we are already just as desperate and depraved as the next person, and under the right set of circumstances, under the right set of events. Our hearts can very quickly become hearts that are very openly depraved in a way that makes headline news, in a way that brings everyone down. Don't trust in yourself. Don't trust in another man. Don't uh, say, I would never do that. Your heart is desperately wicked. That and this is this is where I'm I'm having to be cautious because <laughs> I would like to believe <laughs> that I would never have a story uh be reported about me, the likes of which, you know, has been reported about, you know, Ravi. Um and there's definitely things that there's safeguards that I can put into place that you know, would say that I can allow this, that I can not allow that to happen, that I can, you know, uh, put myself, that I, I can sort of protect myself from those certain situations. And that is true. There's, there's practical things that you and I can do to, you know, put ourselves in better positions, perhaps to evidence faith. But I also say too, if, if your faith in your purity. If your faith and your righteousness is based on the fact that you have safeguarded yourself, is based on the fact that you've disciplined yourself enough, uh, your faith isn't in Jesus anymore. It's in something else. Your faith isn't in the, the Lord of all things who came and died for you. Your faith is in your discipline and in your safeguards. And your safeguards can fall so I, I can put up all the safeguards I want and my heart is so I know this my heart is so desperately wicked that the heart that is desperately wicked will find a way <laughs> you know I, I wasn't even planning on talking about all this I really just wanted to think about, out loud a little bit about this I had some other stuff that I was going to talk about on this particular episode but I think it's worthwhile that I'm just going to save it for next time Um, just to because I, I want to be clear There are practical measures that, you know, a pastor, a leader can put into place that he has checks and balances on himself to safeguard his soul. And that ought not, though, to become his only only ballast, his only support, his only safeguard, his only sufficiency. Those are things that should be put into place because he knows that his heart is desperate and deceitful above all things, fraudulent to the very core of who he is. So, there's this tension that has to be held where we know who we are, we know that we are desperately wicked, and that we also know that there is only one Savior, There is only one person who can erase diamond point sins This was my sermon last week It was who can erase diamond point sins Sins that are inscribed on our hearts Sins that are uh, not just uh, effects of, you know, uh, things that we're doing This is a matter of being This is who we are You aren't a sinner because you do sinful things. You are a sinner, and therefore you do sinful things. Sin is a matter of being. It's not necessarily a matter of doing. Not by sort of the fundamental definition of things, so to speak. Because if sin was a matter of doing, if it was only just a matter of actions, then to fix the problem, it would only be a matter of sort of undoing or redoing those things with new and right actions. That, again, sounds very American It sounds something that we like to hear Where's the problem? Let me fix it You know, that's the American way Let me undo something, redo something Let me take control Let me take charge Let me be the center of the of of, of fixing the problem And this is, Ju- this is Jeremiah's point to Judah They can't do that Judah's problem uh, of sin Is not merely that they need to do things differently They do But at the heart of it all, they need to be remade. They need a new heart. They need someone who can erase diamond point sins. They need someone that can do a spiritual heart transplant for them. And there's only one person who can do that. And it's not them. It's not another person. It is the one who is on the throne. It's Jesus. Verse 12 of this chapter. Because what I love about this chapter is that, despite all of these verses, and if we read the chapter it 's very uh harsh sounding it 's very um, grim from the standpoint of what hope do we have w- with these diamond point sins, what hope do we have with a permanent uh, mark of rebellion and sin on our lives, and then he gets to verse twelve. A glorious, high throne from the beginning is the place of our sanctuary. O Lord, the hope of Israel, all that forsake thee shall be ashamed, and they that depart from me shall be written in the earth, because they have forsaken the Lord, the fountain of living waters. Heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. Save me, and I shall be saved, for thou art my praise. Did you catch it? The... The For those with diamond-point sins, there is a sanctuary, and not just any sanctuary. This sanctuary is the throne of God, a glorious high throne from the beginning. That's your sanctuary, your refuge, your place of reprieve, your place of relief, the place where all of those diamond-point sins can be scribbled out. This is the promise of the gospel, that for those with diamond-point sins that go to the very core of who they are, there is a God, there is a Savior, whose blood can wash that away. That's how powerful it is. And this is what I love, is because as a person who knows... uh, I would say that over the last several years, I've grown more and more aware of my desperation. And this, I think, is the heart. <laughs> this is the heart of sanctification. Sanctification is not look at how good I am and how disciplined I am and notice my holiness. <laughs> sanctification is I am really desperate and I need Jesus. That's the prayer of Sanctification. From when you're five to when you're 50 to when you're 95, the prayer of the redeemed soul is, oh Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. The prayer is, God, be merciful to me, the sinner. (laughs) Sanctification (laughs) is, is an ever deepening sense of our need. It's an ever deepening awareness, ever deepening sort of clear clarity of just how desperately we need Jesus. It need this God who erases diamond-point sins. the need this God who takes our 1,000% confirmed condemnation, and then he takes it on himself to declare, therefore, uh, there is now no condemnation for them who believe in me. There is no more of that, because why? I have taken it for you. This is the hope of the gospel. This is the only hope I have. And let me tell you this, that this is the only hope that Ravi has too. Any sinner that comes to Jesus, their only hope isn't the fact that they have accomplished something for Jesus. Their only hope is the fact that they have a God who erases diamond point sins. You know, it's hard to think about. It's hard to make sense of. His family is... Likely dealing with the after effects of all this. They'll feel it for a long while. And even for their guilt, their shame, their perhaps embarrassment. There is a God who takes that all away. There's a savior whose blood covers all of that. whose blood it washes them white as snow. And yes, it even washes Ravi's sin white as snow. No. It is reprehensible what he allowed himself to do. The I I, I don't I I can't say that I can make sense of the justification that he supposedly um sort of made for the way he was and the things that he was doing. I I, I can't <laughs> I, I can't make sense of that. And I'm not gonna try. <laughs> I'm not gonna try to sort of uh make sense of that. All I can say is this. Whether the worst thing that you've done is steal a pack of Wrigley's gum from a local grocery store or if you've been living in an adulterous affair for a number of months or years, the God who saves you is the God who covers your sin and it's the same God, it's the same savior, who redeems and, and cleanses you from your diamond-point sins. And I, I didn't mean to preach. <laughs> I feel like I'm preaching again. But I'll, I'll just kind of close and, and just say that if, if you're struggling with this situation, look to the throne. Look to the throne of Jesus, who doesn't fail who doesn't let you down even when others do. If you are in the midst of an egregious season of sin, look to the throne where is your sanctuary. Repent of your sin, yes, and feel the consequences of your sin, yes, but be assured that there is salvation for you at the throne. Yeah. Repentance doesn't erase consequences it erases condemnation. (laughs) Belief in Jesus doesn't always mean that we won't feel the effects of what we have done. Judah was about to feel this. No matter how much they repented, they were going to feel the effects of their rebellion, which would come in the form of exile. It was coming. But that doesn't mean that they were going to be condemned because all throughout Jeremiah, <laughs> what I love is that all throughout, he promises there's going to be a time when you're going to return. There's going to be a time when you're going to come back to this land. You're going to feel some effects of your sin right now. You're going to feel some of that burden of of your rebellion, but there's going to be a time, there's going to be a day when you will return to this land. That's the promise of Jeremiah 32, when Jeremiah is given the the prophecy to go and buy this land go and buy land that is going to soon be occupied by foreign uh, enemies it's going to be occupied and overrun but go ahead and buy that land anyways buy a piece of land in a war zone if that makes a lot of real estate sense which it doesn't It's all pointing to the fact that there is a God who is making a way to redeem his people, yes, even from their sin, but that doesn't always mean that we're going to be sort of freed from the consequences of sin, the consequences in the here and now. If you sin, there's going to be effects On your life. But that doesn't mean you are disbarred from heaven. It doesn't mean that you are found with no hope. Look to the glorious high throne, which is from the beginning, which is the place of our sanctuary, the hope of Israel. Heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. Save me, and I shall be saved, for thou art my praise. That to me is what I've been thinking about recently. That's what I've been trying to make sense of recently. I I really do pray that you are encouraged. Um, <laughs> I didn't mean for this whole episode to be just me rambling about this, but I think it really fit. And I think you know I'm just gonna let the spirit keep <laughs> moving. Um, I, I'm really I, I'm thankful for um, I'm thankful for how the spirit works, and um, I I'll say this too as a disclaimer: I don't think I've thought everything through all the way. Um, if you disagreed with something i said please let me know if you agreed with something i said please let me know if you were encouraged by this please let me know i i would love to keep thinking out loud about all this and to be uh one who is very forthright with what um is 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 going on in my own head i can just tell you that um i don't have all the answers i just know that there's a god who saves from diamond point sins and that is uh, a good news that is for anyone um and so anyways that that those are my thoughts um i hope that you've been blessed by this it i know it might have been a different episode than you were expecting today when you clicked play um but I needed to think out loud. So thank you for letting me do that. (laughs) Um, This has been the ministry minded podcast. Uh, I'm thankful for you. Uh, I'm thankful for your encouragement. Um, I'm thankful for the blessing that you have given me in just the small notes of, of how this show has helped you. I, I pray that it continues to, and I pray that I can continue to serve and love and uh, continue to benefit you in many ways for for a long time to come and to encourage you in the truth of the gospel for a long while. So thank you so much for listening. Um, this has been the Ministry Minded Podcast, uh, and I'll see you in the next one. Blessings.